And so let's just pray before I get off into the message and, and just uh, share with you this morning. I just want to pray. Father, I thank you this morning that, God, that you are here. And, Lord, we ask that you would visit us this morning. You would speak to our hearts. Lord, we know that, that, God, that, that God, many of us come with different reasons and different ways that we've come. And, Lord, I pray that you would just come and speak to us. The Bible says, he who has ears to hear, hear what the Spirit has to say. And, Father, help us to be in tune to what you say this morning. I pray it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. God's going to... You know, God's doing so much in all of our campuses. I know Pastor Josh told you how God's just been multiplying our campuses, not just here, but in Crowley. I'm so proud of actually Pastor Zach. He's actually my oldest son. And uh, I feel like Josh is one of my other sons. And and, uh, how many of y'all give it up for Pastor Josh? He's doing a wonderful job. And of course, he couldn't do what he does without Lindsay. So y'all give it up for Lindsay, too. And... uh, just excited what God's doing with Pastor Jamie and Cheryl and, and Crowley. And uh, can I, I just want to encourage, I want you to do something this year. I want to challenge you. I want you to at least go, one Sunday, go, you know what? I'm not going to church in Jennings. I'm going to church in Eunice or Crowley. I just ask you to go and visit one of the campuses, one of the other campuses, at least I give you permission. Some of you go, well, I don't know if I can go. Pastor Bubba, Pastor Josh may call me. You may call me. You wonder where we are. And like, I actually, Danny and Sabrina, they're in the Eunice campus. And I said, well, look, just remember, your tithe goes to the home church. Anyway, just messing with them. Yeah, just messing with them. You know, and, and it's like, um, you know, and so I, I, I'm just amazed at what God's doing because I know who I am and I know it's got to be God. And so uh, we're not a great church. We serve a great God. Amen. And uh, what I want to tell you is we're, we have a, this is called Reach Sunday. And the reason it's called Reach Sunday is because we started two years ago, actually during this time, two years ago, and we asked people to pray and believe and ask God because we were going we're gonna to start a new campus in Crowley. We were going to build an addition here, and we were going to do some work at the uh, Eunice campus and, buy, and be, prepare ourselves to buy some property that's going to be available in Eunice. And just to let you know, where we're at today is, two years later, we've already raised over 200000 for Crowley. Give it up to God. That's awesome. And uh, Eunice has already done the inside. On the, got a new sound system, several other things. And, and it's, it's our turn right now to be able to do that. You see work going on and all that stuff. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. And, but people made a sacrificial commitment to give for a year or give monthly or give a one-time gift. And we've just seen God just do amazing things. And so the purpose of this reach, here's the title of my message is this is the title of my message is The Miracle of Multiplication. Say say multiplying. You know, I love multiplication. I love numbers and I love multiplication. But what the purpose of this, it, this Sunday is two things, twofold. Is Number one is we're going to celebrate what God has done through us. Amen? Is that all right? You know, kind of like, you know, you celebrate. If you've got rabbits running around your city, you, you have a rabbit festival. Amen? If you've got people that, you know, in South Louisiana, come on, y'all help me out. I mean, if you got abundance of boudin, you have a boudin festival. Come on. If there's strawberries in your backyard, that's... All right. Can I just go? All right. So, so we can celebrate. And, and then we talk... And the second thing, we're going to talk about what more we can do, what God can do through us and with us. And today I want to share you a, a real common scripture. And uh, we're going to see how God multiplies. But how many of you would you love God to multiply your finances? Anybody say amen to that? How many, here's a better way. How many would you like to have revival in your checkbook? 
Come on, people got excited about that. All right. But what I want to do is, this is not about if you do these principles, you know, you'll get a red Cadillac or whatever. It's not about that, okay? But what I want to do is I want you to go with me to the Gospel of Luke. And it's Luke chapter 9. And I want to begin to read and just share with you what I feel like God wants to speak to us as a church. Luke 9, chapter, uh, verses 12 through 14. It says, late in the afternoon, 12 disciples came to him and said, and said Send the crowds away to nearby villages and and farms so that we can find food and lodging for the night. There's nothing to eat here in this remote place. But Jesus said, you feed them. But, But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish in the answer. Or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for the whole crowd? For there were more than 5,000 men there. Let me just stop right there. Many people believe that Jesus said he fed 5,000 people. But the reality of that is this, is when it says 5,000 men, it really means 5,000 families. And so can you imagine, I mean, I know what it's like to have a big family. I mean, my wife and I, we have six kids. We didn't have TV for a long time. No, I'm teasing. But anyway, and uh, the only, if you include the spouses and the kids and all that, there Many theologians said there's anywhere between 20 to 25,000 people. Let's say there's 20,000 people. That's a lot of people, right? And so, listen, you know, there's 5,000. And then Luke says this, and he says, go in verse 14 and 17. And he replied, tell us this. So Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups of 50. I mean, think about that. Groups of 50 each. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into the pieces, he kept giving bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Why were there 12 baskets of leftovers? I believe one reason is that Jesus wanted each of the disciples to walk away with their own personal doggy bag. Amen? Amen. And so just I'm just saying... But, you know, I, I like to put myself in the Bible story sometimes. You ever do that? Like, what would have happened if I would have been there? If I would have, So with this morning, I just want you to imagine this morning that you are in this story. Imagine that you have, you've responded, you've heard, you've heard what's happening, and, and, and imagine how you would respond if you, you know, during that day. And so what happens is I want you to imagine that you're one of the 12 people that is on the Messiah search committee. Amen. Okay, you see yourself. You're on the Messiah Search Committee. And part of that is you have, you have this great candidate. He's been healing people. He's been raising people from the dead. And as a bonus, he even walks on water. And so what happens is you have a high attendance weekend. And that weekend, most theologians believe, was the largest crowd that Jesus ever preached to personally. They said maybe twenty to 25,000 people in that crowd. And, and, and you had a great, I mean, it would be like us. It would be like Allie and the group, and they're just having a great worship time. and They're just worshiping, and, and people are getting excited. People just feel the presence of God, and they're going, don't quit. We love it. You ever feel that way some mornings? Like, you all with me? Am I in the right place? You don't stop. Just keep singing. I want to worship. And I feel that way many more. And what happens is they, they have this great worship, and Jesus gets up to preach. Now it's noon. Okay, and he's still preaching at one o'clock. It's two o'clock. Imagine if it was football season. You you missed the first game. Okay, you don't want to talk about men. Then he goes to three o'clock. Then he goes to four o'clock and he's still preaching. It's five o'clock and the brother's still going. That's like, wait a minute. You imagine me and Pastor Josh doing that. Coming up. 
Pastor Bubba, we, we know you, you think you're good, but you ain't that good, brother. Then it gets to 6 o'clock. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. You look back in verse 12. Look what it says. Late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples, late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples came to him. I think disciples formed a committee, and they were, like, trying to figure out how to get Jesus to stop. I think one of the disciples said, hey, I'm going to die if I don't get something to eat, brother. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I remember my wife and I used to travel, and, I mean, when she was pregnant for Zach, we were on the road all over, and actually she had to see a a pediatrician in California and one in Arizona because the way our, our travels were. We were going from the West Coast to the East Coast, and we're going to be around there. So we had to find doctors who would see my wife. Are you hearing me? She had three different doctors for Zach. My wives, how many of you don't, you wouldn't be doing that? No way. But she did, all right? And that's why he's a preacher. I don't know. Maybe we just traveled around. Anyway, but anyway, what happens is, and so another side, well, let, let, that's it. Let's, let's tell Jesus that the people are hungry. You know how it is. We'll tell him, you know, Jesus loves people, so we'll tell him the people are hungry. Y'all getting it? Y'all seeing it? So he seen, you know, because, you know, he really cares about people. So they elect a spokesman, and you have to interrupt Jesus. Imagine if it was you, okay? And you're the spokesman for the committee. And while he's preaching, it may have gone something like this. Lord, excuse me, Lord, Lord, Lord. This has been incredible. You are doing an incredible job. I mean, your preaching is off the charts. I mean, Lord, I mean, you're not just doing a message. You're doing a whole series in a day. We've been talking, and we feel that the people are getting really hungry. Lord, are you hearing me? Now, personally, I could, you could go all night on my account, but the people, they're getting hungry. Lord, the restaurants are closing. Not only the restaurants, the hotels are full. And you know that? I mean, Lord, I mean, the people. Lord, it may be good if you just wrap it up. Jesus says, verse 16, well then, then give them something to eat. Now, after he says that, he, you run back and you have to report to the committee. You imagine that. They're waiting. They ask, did you tell him that the people are hungry? Yeah. I gave those exact words. Lord, what, did you discuss? I mean, did you, is he going to dismiss the service? I mean, I mean what did he say? He said, no. Really? What else? Did he say anything? He wants us to give them something to eat. Say what? And just about that time, a little boy walks by with a a Long John Silver snack pack. (laughs) With extra bread. And all of a sudden, he goes, hey, hey, little boy, come here, come here. And they grabbed the little boy, and Peter probably stu- started, he, he grabbed the bag, opened the bag, took one of the, the breads out and started eating it. Hey, Peter, stop. We got to feed the people. Stop. What is it? Well, it's two fish and five breads. Well, four and a half. 
You imagine, stop, Peter. I mean, we got to. And so, what that, they, that's it. They, they go, let's go tell Jesus this is all we have. So they go up, and if, you, if you've never read the story in the Bible, and if there's 20,000 people and there's two, two piece meal, and, this, and you got to tell them this is all we have, don't you think he would kind of dismiss the serpent? Like in your mind, you're going, he's going to dismiss the serpent. Oh, we had two, 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 fishes, two pieces of fish and you know, what's left of the five. So you go up there, and so now you have to go talk to Jesus. You imagine. Lord, it's me again, Lord. Um, you know, a moment ago, you said that we were going to have to give the people something to eat. And all we have is Long John's silver snack pack, no toy. With five biscuits. Well, we had five biscuits at but Peter ate some, and we're thinking that you should go and just kind of what we said originally, just wrap this thing up. She said, oh, so you're saying you only have two fish and five loaves. I know how Peter is, but what's left of the five? What? That sounds great. He says, then he looks at him, he goes, you know what I want you to do? I want you to go ahead and have the people sit down in groups of 50. Okay. Now, they're thinking, you know, like 50, if you get groups of 50, let's say 20,000 people, that's 400 groups. Okay? And they might have been, they might have remembered the scripture in, in, in 2 Kings and in uh, chapter 4 where Elijah, it actually, it's, a, it's, a, it's actually a chapter filled with different stories with the Shudamite woman that he'd actually prophesied over and she became pregnant, had a baby and had a son. And actually, this is the time we'd had a headache and he actually died and and Elisha went and laid on top of him and prayed, and God healed him. He raised his son up. And then right there at the story, it, it comes to down where there's, there's these hundred prophets, and they're, they're, they're hungry. And what's happening, they're making this soup, and one of the prophets grabs this, some leaves, and they're, they're throwing it in the, in the soup, and it's, a, it's like a bitter vine. And so what happens is, is they're doing it. They're just throwing stuff in there. It reminds me when I was in, in Mexico one time, we had this open fire, and this lady was fixing uh, a soup, and she's putting chicken and vegetables in a galvanized pot, like, you know, we clean crawfish out with, you know what I mean, purge them. And she has this galvanized pot that's big, and she's got an open fire, and she's cooking the soup. And they have people in our group goes, I ain't eating no galvanized pot out of that. We'll get galvanized poisoning. I'm like, Psh. I'm looking at no deadly things going to hurt me. And plus, I want to get insult their village. They may kill me. I ate it. I'm still alive. Praise God. I don't know about the other people, but anyway. But what happens is they have a dilemma because after they eat this soup, they're going, oh. And this is what the prophets are saying. They go, there's death in this soup. You ever had a bad soup? You ever been to your mother-in-law? You thought she was trying to kill you? Well, anyway, just. And what happens is a bitter soup. And Elijah's like, and he's going, man, we let you do something, Elijah. We're going to die. And what happens is he gets a man and he goes, hey, man, there's 20, brings him 20 loaves. And, and what happens is the guy goes, this isn't enough to make all these. This 20 loaves isn't enough for 100 men. Long story short, because they're maybe remembering this, this, this story in the Bible. Actually, at the end, they had leftovers of these loaves where it wasn't supposed to be enough. And that's what, but what happens is we have, and they're thinking, but you know what? We got Jesus. That's Elijah, but we got Jesus. And he'll do this again. 
Many Christians believe that when Jesus prayed over it, it multiplied right in front of them. But that's not what, what happened. And see, what happened is, I want you to see. I want you to see what happens in the scriptures. And I'll show you in verse 16. And I'm sure Peter grabbed some bread and asked Jesus, Lord, pray for this. Look what it says Jesus did in verse 16. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves in pieces, he kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to all the people. Jesus took it, blessed it, gave half of it back to Peter. Peter probably said, are you through praying? Jesus said, yes, it's blessed. Now go give it away. Peter probably said, well, are you sure you want to, you don't want to pray some more, Lord? I mean, I think Peter wanted, walked up to the first person. And they're here they are in, all in a row. And he breaks off a little piece. Just a little piece. Just a little piece. Hey, hey, that's too big. Bring it. All right, go ahead. Just a little piece. And right there, listen to me. And what happened? He takes care of the whole, but before this guy could grab it, Another person, the bread grows in his hand. See, I want you to remember this. Remember this statement. Listen to me. The miracle didn't happen in the master's hand. It happened in the disciple's hand because God blessed it. Are you hearing me? There are a lot of times God gives us assignments as Christians. How many of you ever prayed, God, I want you to use me? Anybody pray that prayer? God, whatever it takes, God, whatever you want to do. God, speak to me. Use me. I want to be a blessing to you and your kingdom. You ever pray that kind of prayer? Just me? Anybody else? Are y'all just come? All right. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer? Just like, like one of the, Lord, I'm willing to take a risk for you. Just so you're with me, but don't leave me. And what happens is the miracle didn't happen in the master's hands. It happened in the disciples' hands. And there's two principles I want to teach you this morning. Then I'm going to wrap it up. The first principle is this. You know what? It has to be blessed before it can multiply. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. See, the way our finances are blessed is we bring the first 10% into the house of God. Some people give a little here and they give a little there, but they don't bring the first 10% to the house of God. You see, the finances, your finances aren't blessed and they will never multiply because only Jesus can bless it. You see, when it comes to tithing, you and I don't give 10%. Look at me. We return 10%. Big difference. How many of you know it's all his anyway? So all we're doing is returning 10% out of obedience, out of love, out of desire. And see, the Bible says that Joshua and Malachi, if you don't return it, you've stolen or you've robbed God. I don't want to be a robber and I don't want to steal from God. How about you? I don't, want, I don't want angels looking at, at, at the ten most wanted untithers. Come on. I'm not, that's another message. What do you think would happen if the disciples gave two fish and five loaves away before Jesus blessed it? Would, they have, would it have multiplied? No. It wouldn't have multiplied. The second thing I want to share with you this morning is that it has to be given away before it can multiply. Hello? See, the first principle refers to tithing and Jesus bless it. But, but once Jesus bless it, you can give over and above your tithe. You see, if, if, what if the disciples, after Jesus bless it, would have eaten it? 
it would have never multiplied, right? They had to give it away. A lot of people tithe, but they don't give above. You see, I, I can just, you know, when I think about this, I think about how all of our churches started. And I'm just going to be real quick. I think about how we started this church, how there's a gentleman that found out I was doing a Bible study at the world's largest jewelry company in the world. and It's in Lafayette, Stellar Settings. And the man that owned that found out that I was, I was doing Bible studies there. And it was just, I was in schools, I was doing Bible studies, I was doing a lot of things throughout the city. In Jennings, in, I mean, not Jennings, uh, Lafayette. And I found out I was going to start a church. And he said, Bubba, I'll give you up to $50,000 matching funds. I hadn't raised the first dime. Then I had another guy call me, they just sold some land and a friend of mine from New Orleans would go, hey, we're going to give, Bubba, I don't know what, we're going to send you $12,500 because we just sold some land. And you can do whatever you want with it, but you can spend it for yourself. I said, mine, it's God's. I just, it's happening like that, it's God's. Are you hearing me? And, and, then, and then I had Francis Martin, who used to be the pastor at uh, Family Life in Scott. And, and, I, and I told him about it and just what we were doing. And he said, well, I'll, I'll pray about it, think about it. And he said, we're taking an offering for missionaries this week, and we'll see. And then he sent me a letter with a $4,000 check in it. And he wrote, and he said, you know, he said, Bob, I've known you since you've been saved and everything. And, you know, and it's like, I believe it's God that you're to go to Jennings, and there's more for you, son. And he just really encouraged me, and he just said this. He said, you know, we were going to give to some missionaries, but God spoke to us that we were supposed to give it all to you for the church. I mean, and, and we had 33 people, and in that midst, with those and everything else, we were able to reach our goal. And we raised the money, and we paid for the first 3.46 acres in the front building and a little bitty warehouse in the back here. And that was when we started out debt-free. Isn't that awesome? Then God spoke to us seven years later. We always knew we were going to start other campuses. I tell people, and the people are like, hey, all right, right. Then we had a Macedonian call. A lady came. Her name was Angie. And she said, God, I'm on a hunting trip. And, it, and I got a message. And they said, this lady wants you to come start a church in Eunice. And I'm hunting with Pastor Jacob. And we're having an executive committee meeting. Hey, a lot of things happen in goose blinds, I promise you, that are God, with people and with ideas and dreams. God wants you to enjoy your dream, amen? All right. So I won't mess with you about your bass boat and your jump. No, just. Pastor Jacob, you got to know Pastor Jacob. He loves me. and If you don't go start it, I will. You ain't starting nothing, though. Long story short. I, we're going there. We started meeting with people. We're looking for a building. And I had a guy named Harry Gomes. How many of you remember Harry Gomes? He, a, he has a healing ministry. Literally prayed for people that have been raised from the dead out of the coffin. Okay? Might be serious ministry. All right? And he was with me. And he's an Indian. And he goes, oh, pastor. And he gets up, when he gets up, he'll take his shoes off. He preaches in his socks. And he'll go, he'll get, get on his knees. and go, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, and the God of Harry Gomes. I pray, you know, and that's how he starts. And we go by the building just to pray. And he goes, we're praying. He goes, and he starts praying for the building. He looks at me. He goes, Pastor Baba, the building is yours. God gave it to you. But see, what you don't know is that we were, we were wanting to build a new sanctuary here in Jennings. And it's like my, pastor, my, my grandfather's song, if you ever heard him say, we're pushing our chips to the middle of the table, pushing our chips to the middle. I can't sing like Brother Keith. We were pushing our chips to the middle of the table. 
when we started our first campus. And then I look at Crowley. And this week, I mean, I was sitting, I was on a trip with my son and a bunch of kids. I told you in D.C. and I didn't know this, but one of the girls and her daughter that were going to the Crowley Church. And there was another girl that spoke to me for 45 minutes. And we were sitting down eating that pizza. It was terrible pizza. Don't ever go eat pizza in Maryland. It's terrible. Anyway. I'll, but anyway. It was bad pizza. Just trust me. <laughs> it was bad. And, and what happened is. She, started, she said, you know, my brother goes to the Crowley Church. And he said, well, who's your brother? And she tells me. I go, he does all the announcements and stuff. She goes, yeah, but Pastor Bubba, I just want to tell you this. It's nothing less than a miracle. You don't know what him and his wife were. They were separated. They were getting a divorce. And now, I mean, like, they're so in love with God. God's doing all this. And, and she does all the children. She's in charge of children's ministry at the Crowley campus. And he does that now. And she goes, I've been telling my husband, we need to go to that church. I said, Come. But see, what I look at is this, is that, you know, I look at, those are just stories. And I look at people here. I look at, I look at faces. Some of you, I don't know you. But 16 years ago, God called us to come to a city. God gave me a word. God gave me a vision. God gave me, and through that, you have Pastor Josh as part of that. Pastor Zach, Pastor Jamie, and other people that have just, they've just sacrificed and given and, and, and been a blessing to all of us. Don't you realize, look at me, you are some of the most blessed people on the face of the, in southwest Louisiana. Why? Because every one of our pastors go be a pastor somewhere else at a bigger place in a bigger city and do incredible, and you know that. Amen? But God has called us to this region to reach this region for him. And God wants to make a big footprint of his footprint. Are you hearing me? And so, you know, and it's like, and I just think about all the things that God has done. It's just, it blows my, my mind. What God has done, I look at the past, and it's not about buildings. It's not about bricks. It's about people. I don't know if Pastor Josh shared in this service, but the first service said, why do we have extra chairs? Because that's for people that don't know God yet and that are going to be coming. Are you believing that? Because we'd go around every chair and pray over every chair. God, touch them. Be Whoever sits in the chair, God, speak to them. Bless them. Be with them. Stir something up in their hearts. Are y'all with me? You know, and then, you know, what's the most famous story about Solomon in all the Bible? I think about this. At night, he's sleeping, and God appears to him. And he asked Solomon, he said, Solomon, I'll give you whatever you want. All you have to do. Just ask. Let me ask you a question. If God's appeared to you at night, you may need some, it depends. You may need some depends if he showed up in your bed. Amen, first of all. Okay? If he showed up in the middle of the night and he looked at you and he said, you've been such a blessing, I want to give you whatever you want. I mean, I mean just say, that's better than the lottery. All right, because it's God. And all of a sudden, You know what Solomon does? You know what he did. See, the next, you know what happened that day? Solomon was inaugurated king that day. And to be inaugurated king, the only requirement you had as a king was to sacrifice one bull. One. You know how many bulls Solomon sacrificed? A thousand. A thousand. How many know sometimes we need to get the bull out of us? Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, God only says to extravagant givers, only to ones that are extravagant, ask anything you want. I have a friend that I know, a man that I know, that's it's like incredible guy. And what happened is, here he is, he's going, you know what? 
Today, I'm going to do, God spoke to him. He said, you know what? I'm going to just go all out for God. I'm going to trust God with everything. He, gets, he gives two of his cars away, gives his house away that's paid for. Okay? Not only that, he gave us, and he gave his savings account and all the money he had in the bank. He said, God, I'm going to, and then he, you know what he did? He goes, God, he, he was praying. He said, God, I finally did it. I did it. I did it. I've outblessed you. He said, right when he said that, his phone rang. And when his phone rang, there was a guy on the other end. He said, hey, man, hey, I just want to call, call you. The Lord's really been speaking to me. I, I just want to let you know I'm giving you a plane. And the plane will take, I'll give you a pilot, do all the maintenance, everything. And you can go anywhere, do anything you want. It's yours. And he started getting phone calls like this, and God goes, gotcha. <laughs> but it doesn't happen until you give. You see, I believe this. God would not say that to selfish people because he can't trust them. And so what I want to do, I've been talking about, I want to show you a, a video of a couple that we have in Crowley that God has done an incredible thing, and I'll come back and wrap, wrap this up. So go ahead, Anna. Um, April 21st of 2014, we had our beautiful daughter Scarlett. She was stillborn. Um, we had her just three days after her due date. It was the most tragic day of our lives. Um, and just when you think maybe it'll get easier, after that horrible day, it actually only got worse, it seemed, in the months to come. Um, we were so excited throughout our pregnancy with Scarlett. You know, she's our first child. And... Picture-perfect pregnancy. Everything was going well until it wasn't. And like she said, definitely the hardest thing that we've ever gone through as a couple and probably the hardest thing that we'll ever have to go through in our lives. So. you could say something good came out of it uh, you know I was never the biggest person spiritually uh, where Chanel was more spiritual and it kind of seemed like it took a turn uh, I just felt this overwhelming peace like I knew everything was gonna be okay I was heading to Lowe's to go pick up a, a water heater and just this thought popped into my head it, it's almost like God spoke to me and I heard God won't ever give you anything that you can't handle and I thought, well, what is that supposed to mean? You know, I'm just changing a water heater here. But it kind of clicked after we found out that we'd lost her. Yeah, Oliver was definitely um, just out of nowhere, just became so faith-driven and so strong and just so inspiring, really. Whereas before, that was me. And now, you know, we've lost our beautiful, perfect, perfect, beautiful, beautiful baby girl. 
and I just started kind of questioning my faith a lot and I started questioning the existence of God. Life just really felt pointless and um, it brought me to that dark place and eventually over time things started happening that we couldn't find a logical explanation for I guess you could say. At one point I was Whenever I was in my dark place, I decided to go into our daughter's bedroom. It was Mother's Day. Um, I was having a really difficult day. Um, I was very emotional, of course. And I was just tired of feeling that everyday pain. I was tired of feeling that overwhelming sensation and that hurt. And I went into her room and had a bottle of sleeping medication. And I wanted to end my life, and um, I'm so glad I didn't. <laughs> but I heard a voice, and I'll never forget it. it. I don't know if it was God, or an angel, or our daughter, but it was in the form of a little girl's voice that told me, I love you, Mommy, it's not worth it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was just kind of like blown away at that point because before then I felt really numb and really angry and just just a lot of emotions at once. <laughs> and hearing that just really kind of opened my eyes up and just kind of had me, I guess, in a bit of a shock. You know, over the next year, um, a little under a year, we, we just, we started traveling, we started seeing places, we started, we jumped on the back of Oliver's motorcycle and just traveled basically, and there's, there's nothing like getting out there and seeing, you know, the beauty of the world and God's creation, and I think that also really helps kind of heal our hearts a little bit. It's definitely still an everyday journey. So for what would have been Scarlett's first birthday, we found out that we were pregnant with Samuel. Um, which was a really big shock and it was really exciting and we were very happy but very scared because for about 10 months before we were very hopeful that we would become pregnant and have, you know, another child. We go to our Savior's Church in Crowley. Um, we started going uh, about September, October of last year. I began going whenever I was pregnant with this little one. During my pregnancy with Scarlett, I had always wanted to find a church that we could really um, connect to and bring her to and just go to as a family. Oliver's never really, he never went to church growing up. Um, I was kind of in and out of different churches. We kind of tried different ones throughout the years and stuff. There's nothing like walking through the doors of a place where you really don't know anybody and being completely welcomed by strangers. You know, not feeling judged, just feeling loved and welcomed. And it's like, a down-to-earth church. Yeah, it's, it's very down-to-earth. You can show up in your blue jeans and not feel judged, you know. <laughs> and the church family there, you know, when we were in the hospital with Samuel, we had a few scares. His heart rate had dropped and we had some early contractions going on. And it was definitely nerve-wracking with him as, as well, just with everything that we had been through already. And uh, a few of our, our church family members showed up and, and they were there for us. And it's just that, that love and support that really defines what a community church is all about. I definitely think that all of the, the prayers 
you know, have definitely helped him be here today. Um, we were in the hospital and before he was born, we went in to be induced. Um, we were there for maybe a day and a half when suddenly his heart rate dropped very dangerously low. Um, it was an instant concern, obviously, so we had to go in for an emergency C-section. Uh, turns out his umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck, but thank God he was born screaming and crying. Perfectly fine, perfectly healthy baby, uh, perfect in every way. I was able to put him on my chest and talk to him and just bond with him, and we were just very overjoyed that there was nothing wrong with him. And we're so thankful for that. Through all the all that we've been through, you know, he's definitely such a huge blessing. We thank God for him. We thank Scarlett for him. God, I pray that he would always remember, God, that you are with him. And God, no matter what he faces, no matter what he goes through, God, you are there for him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. for Jesus. You know, we, we, all we want you to do is experience life just like that. You know, sometimes, you know, you, where you can live again, you can hope again, you can dream again. You know, Chanel, Zach actually, a couple weeks when they, when they dedicated little Samuel to him, she actually named him Samuel, not knowing the story of Samuel. And Zach kind of shared the story with her, how Hannah cried out for a baby and she would dedicate it to the Lord. And when the baby was born, she dedicated it to the Lord. That's before she and Zach told her. And then at the end, not when a big crowd, just a few people. And I said, you know, I just want to pray for you. I really feel something over this little boy. And I just began to prophesy, pray over her. And I began to prophesy over the little boy that he would always have a heart like a Samuel. Then at a young age, he would hear the voice of God and run to God like Samuel did. And so I don't want you to participate just because we're going to change lives and what we're fixing to do here this morning. We're, giving is really for you. And I want to show you in Timothy, and I'm going to just bring it to a close. Timothy, verse Timothy, chapter 6, verses 18, uh, verses 18, 19. He said, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be strong. They will, they will, by doing this, they will, they will be storing up. I, I feel like strong is a good word too, but I don't want to change the Bible. But being strong up, being storing up their treasure is good as a foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. God is motivating is motivating you just just as others will benefit. I think about how many of you ever heard the name J.D. Rockefeller? If J.D. Rockefeller said, if I didn't learn to tithe on my first dollar, I would have never learned to tithe on my millionth dollar. How many of you ever heard of Borden's, Borden's Milk? 
Mr. Borden lived on 30% of his income and he gave 70% away. How many have ever heard of, think about this, how about Kraft cheese? You know, his grandson owns the New England Patriots. We'll curse that later. But anyway, just, I'm teasing. But his grandfather, think about this, his grandfather gave away 90% of his income and lived on 10. Why did they, why were they, because they were men of faith. The Carnegie Library. Carnegie wasn't a Christian, but he understood the spirit of giving. And what he did, he sorted libraries and foundations all over the world. That here even Jennings, that we can enjoy the Carnegie Foundation, the Carnegie Library. And I, th- I think about that. See, when you do this, it becomes a joy to give back life to people. You see, we're not talking about give just for a building or give to, you know, for martyr and walls. But you know what? I, I don't want ever, I, I, I don't want ever make a generous thing a big deal. But can I just say something? I, I would love for us all to do something and go all out today. Because I've learned this. I make a difference in eternity. Because what I do, I make a difference in eternity. God makes a difference in me when I make a difference in eternity. Amen? You see, I want you to understand God is your source. You can't, you can't outgive God. It's more than a financial blessing. God wants to bless you and your family and your health and your relationships. How many of you believe that? So this morning, I want to take a moment and ask God. I want to ask you to say, God, what do you want me to do? We've been giving you seven weeks. So this is not a surprise for you that have been attending. I want, I want to just tell you, this is a true story. It's happened this morning. It's so true and it's fresh. I mean, like, if it's not fresh, it's not worth it, right? This morning, my wife and I, you know, we, I've been away for a week and stuff. And we've been both praying and, and she looked at me and she goes, hey, um, have you thought about what we're going to give this morning? I said, you know, I go, yeah, I go, uh, we're going to give this. And she just kind of looked at me like, like she pimp slapped me in the spirit. Are you cheap? And I kind of like, oh, well, maybe we can give this. That's better. Isn't it amazing? It's like, I'll just be honest with you. Sometimes my wife is the manager of our checkbook, but I'm the executor of the McCann LLC, okay? And she will take care of the bills. But she asked me, how do I do this? What do I do with this? We know there's certain things that are set. But isn't it amazing? Like your wife can go, you know, we need to watch this and everything. But then it's like when it's time to give husbands, men, then they go, hey, we need to watch what we give. I said, why don't we just pray? So we prayed. I said, well, first of all, I said, I want you to pray first, and then I'm going to pray. She prayed, then I prayed. And, and as soon as I was finished praying, I said, God, God told me that we're supposed to give this. And she goes, that's what God told me to give. I'm not going to tell you, but it was a lot more than the first one. And you know what? And I'm not saying that to, you know, make you. I, I want you to take a moment and ask God, what are you saying to me? You know, I want, I want you to seriously pray right now. God, what do you want me to give? See, I want it to be extravagant gift. For some of you, extravagant gift could be $100. Others, it could be 5000 It could be whatever. I don't want to put a label on it. I'm not here to, I'm not going to manipulate you, tell you a sad story. We're going to show pictures of little malnutritious children. If we don't give, they ain't going to make it. I'm not going to do that this morning. Because you know what the sad thing is? Some people have regrets about what they've given because they were told a story and all of a sudden it didn't match up to everything they said. 
I want you to do whatever God says. The best gift you can give, ever give God, is you. That's you. That's the best gift. Amen? So when we, can we all just stand up? And if you're a married couple, just hold, hold your wife's hand. Hold your husband's hand. I just want to pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Come this morning. There's no pressure. But Lord, I know that for me, as Tracy and I, Lord, as we, we prayed this morning, you spoke to us. And God, if you can speak to us, you can speak to anybody. You don't have special places you speak to preachers. You speak to your people. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. Lord, you're the good shepherd. You would never lead us to a place that we could not do what you've asked us to do. And Lord, this morning, I, I want us to, have a, us to have a heart like Solomon that you speak to those that are extravagant givers. I pray that you would just speak. And as you would speak, that we would hear your voice clearly and know what we're to do. And so I pray that for every person here this morning. Lord, is that maybe they were already wrote their check or preparing to write their check or going, dang, I didn't bring a check. Lord, I pray that you would just come and you would breathe on this place and speak to everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I ask you to come and give, we have these buckets in the front. If you don't have a check or you weren't prepared, you can give online. 30% of all our giving is given through online. You can do that this morning. Also, I want to let you know, remember we printed up the little things and how much we needed to be able to finish phase one on this part? Let me just tell you where we're at on that before you give or anything. Listen, we needed $103,000 to finish. That's the concrete, the plumbing, pay everybody that does everything right there, okay? Let me tell you where we're at. We only need $7,000. Here's some better news. Because that means we go from, we go from, you know, the first phase automatically to the next phase, phase two. And last week, the week before, I got some great news on the building design and everything. And when they say things like this, you know, you got like, you're going, hey, we need to talk to you about the building. You got, you get scared. Because it usually doesn't go down. It usually goes up, right? Well, the builder came and told me, he said, listen, Pastor Bob, the way y'all are going to build it, you're going to save at least $20,000. Okay, wait, I'm not done. Stop, 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 I'm not. And to be able to erect the steel, this is the steel and the insulation only, not the electrical and all that stuff. Just to place it, that means the, the roof and all that, all right? Steel and insulation. The guy goes, Pastor, but we can build it for $70,000. Okay, how many do that's like good? That's good news. And so I want to let you know, maybe in the first service, we might have already got the 7000 I don't know. We hadn't counted. We hadn't counted. We didn't do that. But I'm just believing that God's going to do incredible things. Amen. And so as the band plays... And you want to give this morning to this. And you're not under any obligation. But some of you, maybe you committed a one-time gift or a monthly gift that you've been given. Thank you for all those people that have given. But this morning is your opportunity to give. 
And the crazy thing that everything, because we've given Crowley over $200,000 to start this morning, what they're doing, they're paying forward. This morning, whatever they receive in their miracle offering, they're giving back to help the building. Isn't that awesome? And so they're going to play. And if you have a gift that you want to come and bring, you come do that right now. God bless you.